Have you heard of Anchor? It's free and it's so easy. If I can figure it out, pretty much anyone can. Create your own podcast from your phone or any device and they will distribute it across Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms on your behalf without you having to do a thing. You can also make money without any minimum listenership or any required audience. Anchor is super easy to use, and all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Start your own podcast today. You're listening to Your Highness Podcast with Diana Crash, founder of Good Vibes Marketing. Good Vibes Marketing provides organic content and marketing solutions to the cannabis space. So today I am joined by the incomparable Adelia Carrillo, who has been on the show before, and she is an amazing, wonderful, generous spirit who I really enjoy talking to. Um, She's the chief marketing officer at Event High and is formerly the founder of Direct Cannabis Network. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep, founder and CEO. (laughs) We got that right now, founder and CEO. (laughs) Um, And she's just been connecting people and doing amazing things in this space. Um, Since I've known her, I've I've just been following um, her amazing progress. And I can't say enough wonderful things about you, um, but definitely if you look her up, you'll see what I'm talking about. (laughs) She is doing things. Um, So I'm so happy to have you today. And as my guest co-host, and we're going to begin as we normally do with our fave pot, not pot. And this segment is where we just highlight our favorite thing that's happening at the moment. Um, it, it could be a show or product, movement, whatever. Um, and so we do a cannabis related and a non-cannabis related, and I'm going to start. Uh, so my fave pot item right now is these take five um they are like mini (laughs) pre-rolls and then you get you get five of them Mm. which is really great and they're about the size that you could take like a little break you know like a little five minute let me just smoke this really quickly it makes me think of uh I love that. Yeah. Have you ever seen Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion? Yeah. They make yeah. me think of that. Of yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> they make me think of that. Uh, you know, when she had the cigarette that like burned really quickly. I'm not saying it burns really quickly, but you know, um, it's it's kind of like that concept. Just a quick for little, yeah, like yeah, yeah, the perfect little, like you said, just go outside, right. quick puff and or you know, in your bathroom if you can't come somewhere outside, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my fave uh pot related thing and then my fave not pot um item not pot <laughs> um so i'm always late to the party because when people rave about you know pop culture related things i'm like eh, i don't know i'll check it out later maybe um so that's just to preface the fact that i just began watching jane the virgin on netflix oh yeah, yeah it's I love oh i love show. it too <laughs> <laughs> I've already binge watched it pretty much almost done. So yeah, no spoiler. That's what I love about Netflix. Right. You can do that. Find your favorite episode or season and then I will yeah, just watch exactly. it every yep. night. <laughs> so I'm glad that I have a new one to do that with. 
<laughs> so what are your favorite items? Items, yeah. Bringing it well, to you. Well, first, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be back. Of course. And the feeling is mutual. Trust me. I have Aww. seen all your progress, and it's been so exciting to see your journey and to still see you, you know, moving forward and, and giving people a voice and, and sharing, you know, your insight and their insight as well. Um, cannabis products. Let's see. So I love joints. Yeah. Um, in every form, small, big. Um, yep. I guess not necessarily blunts, but yeah. I'll smoke a blunt. I won't turn that down. Oh, no, me neither. But, uh, yeah. But um, I do prefer joints. Mm-hmm. And right now, my favorite one um, or product line is Henry's Originals. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason is because they both not only have – it's like four packs, and they also – they have – a couple that are like a CD. Mm-hmm. So it's either two to one or 20 to one. And then they also have um, a, like a couple sativa strains as well. And so I just love being able to have both options in yeah. joint form and their flower is good. And, you know, lately when I've smoked other joints, I either it gets clogged at the bottom or it doesn't burn right. Um, lately for now that I'm trying Henry's originals, they've been pretty good to me. So I'm excited about the line. Yeah. Um, The other one, I guess it's, I don't know if it counts, but it's another kind of cannabis product. It's more CBD. Oh, it totally counts. Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I couldn't pick just one. Um, Sure. I've been looking for really good like skincare products. Um, I have psoriasis and so I just love to find like different kind of products that will help with my psoriasis. This one doesn't help with skincare. that it doesn't help with psoriasis, but it's like skincare. So mm-hmm. uh, it's called Phoenix, uh, Phoenix Skincare by Cat, uh, Cats Naturals. It does, they have like uh, face lotions for day and night and then eye cream and then um, a face mask. And I just, the product's really good. Like it's, I my love skin a good feels face good. Mask. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like too heavy and it smells good. And it's just, I'm really excited to see, you know, kind of what the next, 30 days look like and just see if, the, if I can notice a difference um, with, my, oh, yeah. with my face. But, That's awesome. Yeah, those are two that, that I'm in love with right now. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, um, today we're going to be talking about something that you have a lot of experience with, right? Uh, <laughs> I do not in cannabis yet. So this is going to be a learning experience for me as well. Uh, we're going to talk about what you should know before hosting or throwing, however you want to word it, your first cannabis event. There is a lot to know. This is mm-hmm. not your typical like networking, you know, cocktail That's mixer. So <laughs> no, yeah, there's so much to think about. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the first one we're going to go through is check your state laws. That is a big one, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're dealing with a lot more on that end of things because you, you see all the events that are happening, right? So you can you can yeah. deal with that. But um, <laughs> so basically, you'll have to see if your state laws allow you to even throw the event that you want to throw. Um, if you have to have specific licenses, or mm-hmm. um, you know, if you have a consumption event, that can be another another thing altogether, right? Adelia. Yeah, it's it is. It's it's just so interesting in seeing, you know, how these different states are doing it. Um, it's exciting from Event Highzen because 
like California, they're recognizing events and event hosts as a business oh, good. to give them a license, you know, so it's, it's a good thing, but there's still so much gray area. You know, right. you have private events. Uh, if there's no selling, like, is does that mean it's okay? There's just so many different things. And yeah, it, check the state laws, but I still think it's still too early to, um, you know, the, where there's still such a gray area that, mm-hmm. you know, I think from lawyer, both huh? of us would agree. Yep, exactly. <laughs> both yeah. of us would agree. Yeah, contact <laughs> a lawyer if you're unsure because you, you want to be as careful as you can. Um, especially being an event host, your brand relies on, on hosting a good event and you don't want to get into any legal trouble. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so what's the next thing people should know? Um, so obviously, yeah, the state laws, as you mentioned, is, is a good one. The next one I would state goes back more into now event planning and, <laughs> and having a real purpose and vision for your event. Um, you know, I think what I've started to see is uh Sometimes people may think hosting an event is really easy, you know, just you just kind of create some experiences and start inviting people, but you definitely need to have a vision and understand your why, just like any business, you know, why do you want to do this? What is your ultimate goal? Um, you know, are you looking to raise money for a cause? Is it to launch a product? Is it to increase brand awareness? There's so many different things that um, should be the kind of focus uh, mm-hmm. around this. Or maybe it's even creating a community, mm-hmm. you know, like for moms or moms and their kids or you never know. So understand your why and purpose of your event. Um, that's going to be very key throughout this whole process. Absolutely. I really enjoy the events that are more tailored to a specific audience, especially in this space, because I feel like there are a lot of broad you know, what is CBD or <laughs> what is cannabis, which is great because there is a starting point for everyone, right? But for those of us that have been to many of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It can be better to have a little bit more focus. Um, like you said, the, the mothers or parents or things like that. That's a big one I'd like to see more of for sure. Um, so one big problem that I dealt with, especially when I tried to throw unsuccessfully my first event (laughs) (laughs) at least you tried you tried it (laughs) was get your budgeting in order um it helps if you have a budget first of all which i did not so um create a budget (laughs) sheet and include all the items that you want and need um and you've been so kind to share some key expenses people should think about um, some of them are venue, room rental, security deposit. That's a big one I found because a lot of places that you think were, are the go-to for events change completely when you're trying to have a canvas-related one, even if it's CBD, yep. because they want a much higher security deposit a lot of times because they think people mm-hmm. are going to come in and trash the place. I don't know, because we consume <laughs> cannabis. You know how it goes. Right. Um, anyway, we party hard. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. Which we do, but we're respectful. Right. We're not, yeah, um, we're not like burning yes. holes yeah. into the wall or anything like that. But <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we're not even allowed to consume in Maryland. But still, whatever. There's um, that is something you really need to think about because there are a lot of really sneaky ways these places can kind of add more into the um, into the fee structure because uh, they can get away with it right now unfortunately. Um, Also check to see, you know, how much it's going to cost to have internet. Some of these places don't have Wi-Fi. 
Um, do you have speakers, microphones, chairs, food, beverages? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many things that you don't think about. Bathroom cleanup. I mean, a lot of little areas that can turn into a big headache if you don't uh, consider. So those are some um, things that we should all be looking out for, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, even Mar like you said in Maryland that they are increasing these prices for the venues. It happens in mm -hmm. California too. There's so many times where I've been turned away wow. from events, uh, from venues, and I'm like, it's a B2B event. There's no consumption, you know, just right. because you say the word cannabis. Mm -hmm. And I've even tested it. You know, I've gotten through having full conversations with these venues. And then at the end, I'll throw in, you know, after they've already been like, yeah, let's do this. You know, I'll throw in at the end to see how they change and say, I'm going to be transparent with you. This is a cannabis event. There's no consumption. It's business to business. And, you know, you mm -hmm. can tell how they're going to be towards you. Yeah, I had that too. Um, so it's, it's still Yeah, happens. I emailed a few places, like yoga places, yeah. even places that were selling CBD products. And, and they would ask, oh, yeah, they would seem interested. Really? But then the moment I'd say, like, well, this is the focus, but there won't be consumption, nothing. I'd hear either nothing back or they wanted an huh. exorbitant amount of money. So, yeah, it's it, oh, that's going to be discouraging. But um if you have a lot of patience yeah. <laughs> and you have a pretty big budget, <laughs> <laughs> um, which brings us to the next topic, mm -hmm. how do we get that budget, right? Yep. Um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So um, sponsorships are key. You know, creating first going in and creating that budget sheet is great. And, you know, that gives you an idea of the amount of funds that you're going to need to make this event successful. Um, but to really do that is through sponsorship opportunities. Um, you know, that not only increases your budget, it'll also increase your reach because you have now brands or, or companies that are partnering with you because um, essentially they're going to want to promote their events that they're a part of as well. So um, when building out these sponsorship packages, just understand the marketing objectives, understand the value that you're going to be bringing. Is it going to be advertising? Is it going to be logos on the banners? Is it, you know, they get a table? Do they get a speaking opportunity? Um, there's so many different avenues when it comes to building out these sponsorship packages. Or maybe right. it's even simple. Maybe you don't want to charge a, a fee, but you want to give gift bags, you know? So right. maybe a, a company donates a product or something. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, really building out a variety of different sponsorship packages, never building too much. You don't want to have an overload of like 20 different sponsorship packages right. for a event that's maybe only for 100 people or 25 people. That's a kind of could be an overload of different packages. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I don't know. How, it, did you build out any sponsorship packages well, for your first event or? I tried to, and, and, uh, okay. you know, we brought up another, um, challenge that I had because in Maryland, you can't have banners or what they perceive to be oh. an advertisement. Um, and the only way you can is if it's in a private setting that's 18 and older. So, okay. yeah. So then you have to add that element into it, you know? which yeah. can be very tricky. And then, so you're like, well, then how can I incorporate this sponsorship into this event? And if it's a very small event, then you're even, which mine was going to be, um, then yeah. it makes it very challenging. So yeah, you kind of have to really think about what you can do. Some really creative ways that I thought were like, if we could offer services in, you know, in reciprocate that way. Like if I'm a, yeah. I'm a content creator, if I could write some, you know, articles for you in addition, or, um, uh, 
you know, create a blog or something like that, you know, just mm-hmm. to make the package a little bit more enticing. I think that's even giving, one. giving them. Yeah. Even giving them a commercial placement on your podcasts right. mm-hmm. could always work too. Yeah. Yeah. Get creative. I, I like the way that, yeah, that's, those are great ideas. Yeah. Thinking outside the box. Absolutely. And, and like you, you um, were saying that, you know, you have to really think about overloading and then also does that sponsor kind of go in line with your vision of the event? That's another mm-hmm. important element to think about. That is actually a really great point. Yeah, you you definitely want to make sure you're bringing in the right people uh, when it comes to the sponsors and, and exhibitors because branding can play into it or, or how mm-hmm. they are, you know? Um, yeah. So that's a good right. point. Like well. you, you know, there's, there's something for everyone in this, in this industry, but if you're having a specific event, like for women only, maybe you don't have a brand that is like very well known for catering to men, you know, um, that could just be an mm-hmm. obvious, <laughs> or maybe, you know, you're having an event for pets and then you have beauty products sponsoring it. That's probably a better, you know, comparison, but there's, there's things you have to think about, like, is this going in line with what we're doing and also what I feel to be my mission with this event, right? Well, and I think uh, companies will respect you more too. Right. It's not like necessarily you're trying to deter them from being a sponsor, but you also want them to get the most value right. from their from the audience you're bringing. So absolutely. I think that's even that shows just more respect for the relationship you're building with these brands. Yes, absolutely. So. Yeah, good point. <laughs> it has to be beneficial for both people or both parties. So, um, Mm -hmm. after you figured out where you're getting your money from, um, the very big important factor is finding the right venue. Um, that's kind of key to your Mm -hmm. whole event. It sets the tone. Um, and also it can make or break the event after, you know, you've already set it up because if they have, some things that you didn't consider beforehand, you know, <laughs> if is, is, is there parking? Yeah. Will there be, you know, public bathrooms available? Do they have accessibility for, um, you know, do they have ramps? Do they have trans, maybe translation services, anything like that, that can really help set your event apart um, is a big deal when you're picking out a venue. That's so true. And two, like if it's like if it's in a venue that comes with a lot of furniture or things like that, that limits you from having to, you know, go rent a lot of items. Um, so right. all those things deal. is it's the venue is the experience. And if you can find the right one or maybe some people like a blank canvas and want to bring everything in. But what I found is, you know, with venues, it's if it has, you know, a unique style or furniture already, I'm I'm gearing more towards that one than necessarily like something just that's just an empty warehouse because then you have to do a right. lot more and, and rent a lot more and your budget will increase oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a really big deal like renting chairs and and tables and things like that those are all the small details that uh, can really make or break an event so you know really pay attention to that and also you know, make sure that the venue isn't going to pull any last minute surprises, do your homework with the research, um, you know, look at reviews, check out their references. I, I They should be giving you references. Most places will. Yeah. Um, so. What what tips do you have as far as the venue's consent? Um, no, I think you pretty much highlighted 
you know, the, the main things that I would take note of when it comes to finding a venue. Um, maybe also, I guess, location, depending how far it is. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, that can always be into play. Or maybe if it's a parking situation, you know, if you're hosting it somewhere in like a downtown area where there's little parking, you want to at least tell your guests, uh, you know, maybe Airbnb or Airbnb, not Airbnb, Uber, <laughs> or rideshare or different things like that. Just give them a heads up because if you're starting, it's a weeknight and you're starting like at 5.30 or 6.30, there's going to be rush hour traffic. There's probably going to be very little parking. So just always keep into mind mm-hmm. of, of that experience uh, with, with when looking Absolutely. for the venue. Um, yeah, but I think you highlighted majority of the things that I think are important as well. Oh, I guess too, you mentioned, yeah, the deposit cancellation fee, the refund policies. Um, those are all, all things that you want to get kind of notated right away with the venue and have an understanding of what it is. Um, so now let's talk about what you're saying is the fun part, Adelia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the branding. Promoting and branding. The part that I know nothing about really, if we're being honest. So go ahead. (laughs) So you created your vision, you have your budget, you know, you found your venue. um, And now you get to start sharing and talking and telling people about your event. Um, You know, before that, that even begins, you want to make sure what is the name of your event? You know, Mm -hmm. is there a theme? Do you need a logo? Um, You know, it's the same thing with when building any type of of business as well, you know, especially if you're going to be building event series where these events are going to be happening maybe bi-monthly or every or every month. Um, So you want to get creative in your name. Um, And also, you know, if you let's say you are on a strict budget when it comes to creating all these kind of marketing materials that you're going to need. I love Canva. Mm -hmm. Canva has free, yeah, yeah, pre-made templates. Uh, There's so much that you can do on there for free or for very little money. Mm -hmm. Um, And so literally you can create your social media images to promote Mm -hmm. um, your headers, your flyers, all of that can be created on Canva. And two, also with, you know, creating this branding, um, actually, I might be jumping ahead of myself. <laughs> so I'll, I'll wait on that comment. Uh, but yeah, putting together your brand mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the name of the event and, and how you want to present it. Is there a tagline? How are you going to describe this event in the uh, event page when you're selling tickets? Mm-hmm. Because the one thing I have found um, you know, looking at different events and even, you know, when reviewing events on event high, I've seen events that just have one sentence and then I've seen events that describe the experience and like kind of your, what you're going to be doing throughout this event. And I think that's important. Oh, absolutely. People are, yeah. See, people are not going to just buy a ticket just from like an event name, Um, you know? And so you want to describe what are they going to be getting for that ticket price and and what is going to be happening? And, you know, maybe is there food? Is there music? Just, I don't know. Those little things all all do yeah. matter. That's and a really it's, good it's point. Really yeah, I'm it. horrible at that when it comes to my own personal thing. <laughs> and um, even though I do that professionally, I can't, when it comes to my own things, you know, and I need to do better, which brings me to this point of promotion. You know, you're talking about the branding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have the logo. That's great. But like you said, you need to really go beyond that. And I think Um, some of us, if you're like me and you get afraid to promote your 
your whatever it is, you know, self-promotion can be can be difficult. Um, but you have to think about what is the reason for the event, right? Like what drove you to this and let that yep. guide you. And like you said, describe what you're doing. And content marketing is the best way to do that. Um, infographics, like you said, Canva is amazing. It's such an easy way to create um, assets that you can use for all your self-promotion. And and people enjoy that. They like to see pictures and they like infographs. So mm-hmm. stop be feeling guilty about <laughs> self-promotion <laughs> and, and be persistent yeah. and be descriptive. Um, I mean, really, when you just said that, like a light bulb went off because I think that was one of my biggest problems. I didn't describe mm. what I thought we were going to do. And also, I am not great at doing that with my own, you know, like I was trying to host a screening of um, a documentary and it didn't it didn't sell any tickets because I didn't talk about the movie and I should have done that. You know, there's, there's, they're all learning lessons. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but exactly. I also see it a lot though. I see, you know, when I go on um, and look for events locally, I see a lot of like, you know, can of this, can of that, but nothing else. And you're like, okay, what does that mean then? I'm paying $50 for, yeah. do I get dressed up? Is it, <laughs> is there going to be food? <laughs> Will there be childcare? Things like that, you know, um, those are key. And that is, that is so important. And that's why you're, you're amazing at what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, even with the, along with the promotion too, you know, all those things that you said is, is true. And when it goes even to creating those assets is, make it easy for your sponsors and exhibitors, you know, create the images already with their logos on it so that all they have to do is literally start promote, you know, you create the copy, you create the image, send it to your sponsors, and then they don't even have to think about it. They just, you know, copy, paste, and start promoting. I love that. Um, I love that. And I love when people send like the pre-made Twitter or like when you say like, oh, here's a good template if you'd like to share for Twitter and here's one for Facebook and here's one for Mm -hmm. Instagram. And then boom, all you have to do is copy and paste, you know, and you're good to go. Throw it in your tweet. Plan it out. It's so helpful. Takes five minutes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it takes time (laughs) to create that template, obviously. So you're going to have to carve that time out. Um, I find that that can take up a lot of time. So you really have to be <laughs> um, honest with yourself about that, right? Um, that that kind of work does, it yeah. is time consuming, but that's why you can pay other people to do it for you. <laughs> and that's, there you go. Exactly, exactly. That's a very good point. You know, you're not going to be able to do everything on your own and when you shouldn't creating try. these events. Um, <laughs> yes, I understand. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You know, really building out a, a, even a small team, you know, just to kind of, or even contract a couple people to help with this. Yeah. Um, uh, but even when you, were, when you were mentioning the timing, you know, one thing I've also seen is um, making sure you plant, you have enough time promoting your event. Um, you know, if you're planning on hosting an event in two weeks, it's not going to have as much value if you actually started planning it maybe three months ago, depending on how right. big it is, sometimes even six months yeah. ago. Um, you know, conferences are like even a year. So it's just like all of that is really vital into how how you, you know, not even successful the event is going to be, but just the the experience that you're creating. That is so true. 
two yeah. weeks, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, two weeks isn't enough to promote no. your event to get it in front of no. enough eyeballs. And you think people um, will forget about so, it, but they won't because you'll just, and you'll feel no. less guilty about saying, hey, guess what? Reminder, just want to let you know, I have this coming up because you're not going, oh my goodness, I have this coming up in two weeks and I want you to drop what you're doing and go to this thing, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is kind of impossible for a lot of people um, in, in today's world. To do. Yes. And, but, and you know, what's weird too, I'm noticing as we're, we're really studying the landscape here. Um, you know, so you have the timing and, and I definitely suggest creating more time, promoting the events and, 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 you know, preparing, but we are noticing that a lot of people on the attendee side are waiting last minute to buy tickets. And what I think it is, and I could be completely wrong, but I think it's, even like a FOMO, right? Like they're unsure of who, what event they want to go to. So they wait till last minute, which I'm seeing it cause so much stress for event hosts. Oh yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think what's smart is event hosts that do have early, early bird tickets. Mm-hmm. Cause then at least it gets, you know, some buzz and they at least have some ticket sales going. Um, but I'm not too sure. I, I, I know I'm guilty of that too sometimes mm-hmm. when it comes to events and, and purchasing tickets. I didn't think but... about that. Yeah. For me, it's uh, childcare. Yeah. I mean, if these, if, if more events See, had huge. that as a part of the event structure, it would not even be a question. I would go to a weekly event. Um, so <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, I'm not a, a mother yet, I, but yeah. I know down the road it'll happen. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to think like that, but that's a good point. Mm-hmm. There's probably so many events that parents can't go to because of that. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Hmm. So if you're listening, <laughs> yeah, yeah, figure it out. I mean, you're throwing like a, a long workshop day yeah. or a conference or even a little, a little, even a, you know, an afternoon happy hour. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. Childcare could be, it's crucial. A good incentive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about our final, our final little tip, um, which is kind of a big deal. Um, especially Mm -hmm. I know throwing other events, not even in cannabis space. This, this is, uh, this is important. There's the week of the event. Yeah. The week of the event, you know, hopefully you have all your vendors in order. Um, and let's say you do, we'll say all, you know, everything's lined up for the event. You want to make sure that you at least check in with all the vendors and exhibitors, uh, make sure that they have everything they need, make sure all the sponsors have provided you all the material, make sure, you know, they know what they need to bring for the event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes, some events may not provide table linen, you know, or they do, you know, that's always good to let the vendors know in advance. Um, because if you don't have table linens and they didn't, they weren't notified to bring it, you're going to have a couple tables that don't have any linen on it and it can kind of affect the decor of the the event. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. Checking in with your venue owners, the managers, uh, or if you have a day of coordinator to make sure everything is still good to go. Um, let's see. Uh, My bags are a big making, deal, right? Getting that uh, all yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so true. Prepacking those swag bags. Um, your check-in process. Um, you know, making sure that you have a team who's going to be checking everybody in, and they know how they're going to be doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, we we've seen a variety of different things. Sometimes they'll just do like the like have an ex, like a guest list check-in and just go for over the name. Mm-hmm. Some of these bigger events just look at the actual ticket. Oh yeah. Um, so you know, having a good plan with that. Absolutely, um, you don't want a bunch of randos coming in. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that could be disastrous. You don't know. Yeah. Um, well, and then going even back to the beginning when we talked about state laws, you know, some of these events have to, if they're considered a private event, um, you necessarily can't have ticket sales at the door. So for some of right. these events and some of these laws. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't think about that because I, I have seen that where you can't buy tickets at the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so, interesting. yeah, um, what, what we would say, probably the schedule, make sure, you know, you have a timeline of, of how the event is going to flow. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, even if you prepare and think of every possible <laughs> thing that could go wrong, you're yeah. still going to learn something. Still something oh, still will hit the wall and yeah. you just have to be prepared. Um, but mm-hmm. having all your ducks in order is very key and being overly organized and thorough and um, communicative to your vendors and exhibitors is is going to be very helpful. Even your guests too. You know, right. I think, uh, I don't know if you've seen this happen a lot, but I, I think it's it's a really good marketing tactic or just a good thing for event hosts to do where it's the day before the event or even two days before the event. And they send like an email, just Mm -hmm. kind of like reminding everybody, getting them excited, you know, maybe telling them about parking and kind of just like, you know, maybe bring a jack, like little things that just kind of get them either excited about the event or, or make sure they're prepared if it's like outside or anything. Oh, that is such a good idea. I love that. I do too. I've seen a couple. Yeah. Yeah. You could have like, umbrellas with your brand logo on them if it's going to rain you know Mm -hmm. um maybe little like hot cocoa kits to take home or something that doesn't have necessarily anything in it that they can you know (laughs) tell you you're not allowed to so yeah kind of get around that and maybe put like a recipe in there on how to infuse that next time or something like that you can be clever with yeah yeah that's so true yeah. You have really made a lot of really awesome points uh, that I didn't even, I've learned so much just talking to you today, which I always do. You're just <laughs> such a pleasure to talk to and, and to be in this company with. I, I'm so happy that you joined me today. And um, let's talk about for a minute before we end Event High, because I did not do any justice to the company and I didn't explain what event high was in the beginning so event Mm -hmm. high is a cannabis event platform um, that is used to create and coordinate cannabis events for the cannabis community Um, so what is going on with event high right now and is there anything that people should look out for or is there anything well uh, so a couple things yeah so you know uh, one of the things I want to kind of share is the kind of the problem that we're solving right now Mm -hmm. Um, many event hosts may not be aware, but uh, companies like Eventbrite and Splash That and TicketBud actually are shutting down still to this day cannabis events on their platforms. Uh, This happened to us, you know, five years ago, which is kind of how the idea evolved for Event High. Um, And, you know, we had our funds frozen for a couple months and we had to keep fighting to get it back. Um, And these were B2B events. So, you know, we're not too sure what flags them on these platforms, but these platforms can and will shut events down that are in the cannabis space, CBD space, hemp space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that's one thing to be aware of when when hosting your event on a ticketing platform. Um, event High, we actually help uh, event hosts not only sell tickets, but also sell sponsorships as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's another avenue. And we've really created an ecosystem and community for people that are looking for all different types of cannabis events, whether it's educational or, you know, health and wellness, um, B2B festivals, uh, or really becoming that kind of community and, and ecosystem. And the big reason why is, you know, we see the power of events bringing people together. Um, you know, you get to meet people that could potentially be friends or, or you know, maybe business partners down the road. Or it's just you vibe. You find the right people that you vibe with by going to the events you like Absolutely. to go. And, and the education behind all these events is so key for this industry that we're, we, be, we, are, we strongly believe that events are very impactful mm-hmm. for this industry and community. Um, in news-wise... Um, Let's see. We are we're raising our seed round for fundraising. Yeah, so we're in fundraising mode right now. Mm-hmm. And some big wins uh, for being kind of like a, a bootstrap startup is uh, we actually are now in thirty three states. Um, yeah. So and we've helped over five hundred and fifty event hosts uh, sell tickets and sponsorships. So That's amazing. Things are going good. We're we're busy working hard on on building our the technology and increasing the software and user experience. Um, but yeah, if anybody is interested in learning about the different types of events or wanting to host your own event, uh, check out Event High. It's um, www.eventhigh.io. And high is like hi, hello. So dot io. Awesome. Um, well, I am so excited to see where Event High goes, and I am so excited to have you on, and I hope that you'll come back again. Yeah, anytime. I love talk, like chatting with you. It's, it's a lot of fun. Awesome. <laughs> and we do oh. provide a lot of good feedback, I think. We worked good on this one. <laughs> All right. I think so. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much. Until next time, stay high and beautiful. Moon Mother Hemp Company is committed to providing the highest quality and purest CBD wellness products possible. Their full-spectrum hemp oil supplements and botanicals are made from USDA-certified organic hemp grown in Colorado. Each ingredient in their products is organic and carefully selected to support healing and well-being for the body and mind. They also practice sustainable and environmentally responsible farming practices and ensure product quality with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. They are offering your highest listeners a special 20% off code. Use the code GOODVIBES20. That's GOODVIBES20 for 20% off Moon Mother Hemp Company products. Our guest today is Jenny DeVoe. Jenny creates transformational experience through sound and crystals. She scans the auric field and uses sensory information, intuition, and compassionate communication to create a specialized session in alignment with her client's specific physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. Jenny studied the metaphysical properties of crystals and gemstones extensively, sharing her work with crystal and Tibetan singing bowls, performing in studios in New York City and Los Angeles. She co-hosts this weekly sound bath with Destiny Electric at Mystic Journey. So Jenny, can you explain how your work intersects with cannabis? 
Sure, Diana. And again, thank you so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. I'm really happy to be here and discuss sound baths and cannabis. Yeah. Yeah. So how does my work intersect with cannabis? So to put it very simply first, a sound bath, and I'll describe more of what that is in a minute, but a sound bath can be really helpful for relaxation, for healing, for visionary experience. And of course, cannabis can also enhance these things. So that's the simple answer, that that both of them have um, things that they're helping people with in a a similar way. So in that sense, they're really supporting each other. Um, A sound bath is actually um, an immersive meditative experience where uh, there's different sounds and music that are used to clear, balance, or harmonize a person's energetic field. And by this, I mean, you know, like their thoughts, Mm -hmm. their emotions. So if there's disturbances here, the frequencies of of some of these sound healing instruments like singing bowls, gongs, and chimes can, can help, you know, not only calm the thoughts and emotions, but prevent these disturbances from getting lodged in the physical body and becoming some sort of disease there. So it can be an incredibly relaxing, restorative experience, um, as well as a journey of inner awareness, clarity, self-realization. And cannabis deepens not only the sensory awareness of sound, but also enhancing the inner experience. So I think they work together really nicely, and that's both THC, CBD, sorry, THC, CBD. Mm -hmm. There's so many different acronyms at this point. (laughs) There's like CBN, CBR, so many. Just like cannabis. But I think it works well, (laughs) yeah, with a number number of cannabis uh, products. That's amazing. And it sounds it sounds amazing. Just you describing it, I feel calmer. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, so, what type of types of treatments and therapies do you offer your clients? Yeah. So, in addition to the group sound baths that I do with my partner Seth Mesterka, that's Dynasty Electric. It's a crystal sound bath that we offer. In addition to that, I also do private sessions in the color therapy room. Mm-hmm. at Mystic Journey Crystals in Venice. And so um, that's something that I I created. Mm -hmm. And and I do a signature color and light bath, which is basically (laughs) you get the full spectrum of colors and and musical tones and notes with some, uh, you know, associated music and nature sounds. And I'm basically just scanning the whole field of your body with, I, I, I have handheld, uh, glass bowls mm-hmm. that I that are the different notes of the musical scale that are associated with each chakra, starting from your root all the way up to your crown, and I can basically use these different bowls to um, show me things about what's happening in each of those energetic centers. So, for example, if you're, you know, feeling like your your heart's pretty open that day, and, and you feel pretty balanced and peaceful there it'll it'll show me a very um even uh even tone when i play the bowl so a very even um just beautiful tone wow. if if 
there's a disturbance, it'll still sound beautiful, actually, but <laughs> you'll hear waves in the tone. So rather than being even and pure and just loud, it'll, it'll come in waves. So I can actually hear, they're almost like medical instruments. I can hear, um, you know, with the different frequencies over the energy center. So I use that along with color frequency and also sometimes crystals, depending on if I, you know, feel that they can be helpful and, and Reiki as well during the session. So I know you touched on it a little bit, but uh, what is Dynasty Electric? Yes, th- thanks for asking. So, yes, that's my partner and I, and we started basically creating music together many years ago in uh, Brooklyn. And so we started with everything from playing avant-garde jazz to electro music, to rock, to hip hop, to folk. So so we've really explored a lot of styles. And in, in, I think it was 2012, we were hired by this energy medicine uh, master to record in her wooden yurt all of her she had very large gongs and singing bowls, many Tibetan bowls, many crystal bowls, all kinds of sound healing instruments. And she was also doing work with mantras. And so she had hired us to, this was in Massachusetts, to record some of her work so she could use them in her private sessions. We then later became involved with creating training videos for her and helping her open a retreat center. And so really that's how we learned. I mean, I had been exposed to singing bowls previously, but we really got into depth with the whole practice with her. And her name is Lisa Shwari Murphy. She has something called the Fairhaven Healing Arts Center. So that's kind of how, I mean, we always felt the healing power of music and, you know, just people's reactions and our interactions with people with many styles that we played, but then really diving deeper into the specific intentional purpose of creating music to help heal the body, mind and spirit sort of got started there. So we came to L.A. about three and a half years ago and just started doing sound baths at at different places for groups, you know, at yoga studios. And then when Mystic Journey opened two years ago, which I actually helped open, I helped uh, pick out all the crystals and create the color room in the studio. So that was super exciting. Seth designed the sound system. And so for two years straight, every single Friday night, we've only missed a handful. We've been offering the Dynasty Electric Crystal Sound Bath to the community. So that's been just really cool and super expansive and and just, uh, you know, a wonderful offering that we also receive so, so much healing from as well. That's amazing. Um, so, so what is the difference between what you were just describing and a personal sound bath and how can someone benefit from that? Yeah, and the only difference I would say is, you know, in a group, we're really, we're basically co-creating the experience because everybody's energy coming into it, not just the sound frequencies and also what's going on at the lunar cycles and right. lots of other things are affecting the experience in the room. And that's always the case. 
so it's it's you know it's more of a group oriented thing and so you know you come in and again we're co-creating with a with a one-on-one session actually is more of a journey between the practitioner and the client so um, to you know you could come in for one session but I've found to be very effective you know coming regularly over a period of time is a very powerful journey between two people wherein um, you know, different than just going in to maybe get some medicine or surgery to fix something. I and mean, it can work in conjunction with those things. But it's more that the client is an active participant in their own healing journey. And so I can really tune into them on that level as we journey over a period of time. And of course, if, if you know, I'm able to use each of the bowls over each energetic center and and really get more information, not just through sound, but also through just connecting with the person. Um, There's a lot of um, discussion that happens in these sessions as well, which I think is just really part of the journey. And so in a group session, I do do individualized healing, but it's, you you know, it's it's just not to that extent. Right. Okay. Um, So... Are there any surprising outcomes from your services? Have you been able to convince any skeptics who are not open to the experience, perhaps? Well, luckily, we're in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. in Venice, so there's not a lot of skeptics. People are very open here. Awesome. Especially, like, healing modalities. They want to try everything. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, there's people who've never done it before, and usually they just end up loving it because... You know, not everyone is in a place where they're prepared to sit for an hour in silence and, you know, meditate and not think about right. anything. It's really a nice bridge where you, you get to lay down in a comfortable place and then just sort of let the sound take you on your journey. So I feel like it's a little bit easier for people who are, you know, entering into a practice of meditation. So in that sense, I feel like, even people who are unsure um, end up really liking the experience. And oh, is the other question surprising outcome? Right. Right. Of, of yes. So I started working with a client um, early this year, and he had cancer. And I didn't realize it at the time, but he was actually told that. And I think it was stage four that he had like seven months to live, but he didn't mention that at the time. He just started working with me and said, look, I'm doing a meditation practice on my own. I'm doing some breath work. Uh-huh. And he mentioned a couple of other you know, healing modalities he was involved in. And then he started seeing me every week. Uh-huh. And as I mentioned, it would really become, really became this journey of healing but what would happen what happened was so interesting the sessions were 90 minutes and i thought well we'll talk you know for maybe 20 30 minutes and then we'll move into the sound we would talk for about that amount of time but then all of a sudden at some point it would become a silent meditation with the colors usually we were using blue at the time because um Cancer is really cells that are sort of overactive. And so I was blue to calm that energy. And so 
once we had said what needed to be said, then all of a sudden we would start this eye gazing where it's so hard to explain, but the room would just become like, it's almost like the molecules in the room would spread out or something. And it became very trippy. And then I felt when we created that kind of a portal for lack of a better word, he would start getting information, um, just sort of through that. And then when we did start the sound, I, I, I had the feeling that as the cells spread out, there was room, actually space for the sound frequencies to go in and really um, help with the healing process. And so a couple of months ago, he, came, he was supposed to have an opera- all these operations and continue his chemo. And a couple months ago, he came to me and said, after a trip to Sedona, he went to the doctor and they found no trace of anything. And about a month later, they took him off his chemo and he's still continuing to see me and he's in great health. So, you know, I I can't say, you know, that healing is always a, a process and a mixture of many things, but he was very adamant for me to basically own the idea that what we were doing here in the color therapy room was really a big part That's incredible. of his healing. I mean, I totally believe it, especially with all of the evidence on how trauma affects your health long-term and, and it can even affect cancer. So yeah. I think that, you know, anything that we're doing that's holistic and healing to repair that um, is pretty incredible. And it, I understood what you were saying when you said the molecule thing because I was like, that happened when I was on mushrooms one time. I totally agree, Diane. It was like we were having like psychedelic experience, but just by being in the colors and just by really, you know what happens, I think, with psychedelics that that is reminds me of this is it's really the slowing down. You right. know, we're so in our lives of just going about our everyday routines, just getting up in the morning, thinking about what we're supposed to do, you know, feeling those feelings associated with everything going on that when we just slow down for a period of time and just create space, that's when like, oh, interesting insights come in. Our intuition is more powerful. We're more in connection with nature. And I feel we have more space available for our own healing to just flow and absolutely yeah so it it is there are some similarities there and again that's why cannabis really works well Mm -hmm. um with this kind of healing modality absolutely um that's all very exciting so what is your favorite part of working in cannabis well you know i'd have to say because i've always been such a proponent of i mean (laughs) the plant kingdom. So the the idea that not only herbs and and other things are healing, but also just the nutrition and the food we eat and and how we eat it and how we grow it and and just the idea that just being in a greater connection with our natural environment and I I see the rise of cannabis as bringing this um you know more uh feminine sort of goddess culture energy back into balance with our modern world and so I really love that about it and you know I've always 
uh, believed in the healing power of, of plants and herbs. So I think, you know, to be, to be on the forefront of, of that Mm -hmm. movement, I think is really exciting. So do you have anything specific to promote or call to action? Well, sure. I guess I would give people our website with most of our information mm-hmm. is on there. Even my healing sessions, I I have a link on the website. So it's dynastyelectric.com and that's D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-E-L-E-C-T-R-I-K. So there's a K at the end, dot com. Mm-hmm. And we'll link to that in the, in the episode notes so everyone knows. Perfect. Um, and then yeah. I guess if they want, if anyone is in the Los Angeles area area and wants mm-hmm. to join us any Friday night at Mystic Journey Crystals, um, you know that's here in Venice. It's a beautiful crystal gallery. There's not only like beautiful little crystals, but there's some crystals and geodes that are like eight feet tall, uh, wow. massive crystals. And so we're doing the sound bath kind of amongst this forest of incredible crystals. So that's really cool and, and such a blessing. Um, we also have a, a, a retreat center called Mile High Retreat, about ninety minutes out of LA. In, in the nice. mountains, and uh, we we host sound bath retreats and some cannabis events up there, and we'll have more of a schedule coming together uh, by the end of the summer. So there's that. And if if anyone wants to do these sound baths at home, actually we have the recordings online. One is called Crystal Sound Bath. The other one is Los Angeles Sound Bath, and. They're streaming on all platforms, including, you know, for free on YouTube. So awesome. if you want to check it out there, they can. Yeah. And we'll sample that at the end of this interview as well, if possible. Thank you so much, Jenny, for telling us about your experience and just taking your time today um, to talk to me. I appreciate Likewise, it. I really appreciate just, you know, having platforms to be able to speak about this because it's really important work and it really can work in conjunction with a lot of healing therapies um, that people are doing, Western and otherwise. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Your Highness Podcast. If you would like to be featured in a future episode or would like to inquire about possible sponsorship, email yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. That's yourhighnesspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at highnesspodcast. That's at highnesspodcast. Thanks again.